Welcome back to the Helio Hormones podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle. And on today's episode, we are going to be diving into five reasons why you are losing hair. Now, hair loss, yes, it is expected. We're not going to go through our life without any hair loss, but there is a range of what is normal and abnormal, and it really varies by the person. So if you have a ton of hair, super thick hair, you are going to probably be losing more hair than someone like me with less hair and finer hair. So what I really tell clients to look for is, you know, is there a moment in time? Is there a year in your life where you can look back and say, yeah, my hair loss really picked up pace around this time. Or, you know, are you losing handfuls every time you brush your hair? Are you noticing bald spots on your scalp? These things are signs that your hair loss is abnormal. If you wash your hair once a week and you notice a small clump of hair in the drain at the end of the shower, I wouldn't necessarily say that's abnormal. So just taking that into consideration, but everything we discussed today is going to be very easy to test for. So if there is any question in your mind, and especially if you have any other symptoms that kind of appeared along with the hair loss, definitely worth looking into. And personally, hair loss is something that I have struggled with since I was probably 17, 18 years old. Initially, it was because of my eating disorder. And then I also developed Hashimoto's, which I'll we'll talk about, which contributes to hair loss. And then all through medical school, I was just, you know, really stressed, was not sleeping well, was definitely not eating well. And I would just continuously have hair loss, hair breakage. I just could not grow my hair past my shoulders. And finally, it wasn't really until after medical school and after residency that I finally had some time to focus on my health and my hair loss started to improve. I started to really focus on my hormone imbalances, my nutrient deficiencies. I also discovered WellBell in 2020, which if you haven't heard me talk about WellBell, it is like my holy grail for hair loss. It's not going to be like a band-aid solution that is going to fix everything if you're not addressing the underlying cause, but it has made a huge difference in my hair quality. Like it's just softer and shinier and smoother and it doesn't break off. Um, they're a really great company. It's, um, I, you know, it's kind of Nutrafol's competitor and honestly, I've tried Nutrafol and I didn't really notice any difference with it. I also really like WellBell because it doesn't contain the crazy high levels of biotin like Nutrafol does. So for those of you who are acne prone, WellBell typically is pretty safe to take. So I'll link for that in the show notes for you. If you want to take a look, typically I say, you know, take it for three months before you're going to make a judgment as to whether or not it's going to work for you. So they offer a subscription where essentially if you sign up for the subscription, you save money and they send you three months worth at once. And I usually say like, that's the best way to do it. You can cancel a subscription at any time, but at least you're saving money and you're giving yourself the full three months to really see a difference. All right. So diving into reason number one, and I already kind of mentioned it, thyroid. Low thyroid function, also known as hypothyroidism, is going to contribute to hair loss. And the thyroid is a gland that lives in our neck and it creates hormones that essentially run all of our cells. It helps with the energy, it helps metabolism. And when our thyroid is slow or low functioning, our whole body slows down. And with that, our hair growth slows down as well. The most common cause of hypothyroidism is something called Hashimoto's. And this is an autoimmune disease where our immune system 
recognizes our thyroid. And for whatever reason, it says that thyroid is not part of my body. It should not be here. I'm going to create antibodies, which are immune cells and attack the thyroid, which causes damage. Now our thyroid, because it makes hormones that regulate the energy metabolism, each cell, it's going to be important for the growth of our cells, including hair growth also really important when we're trying to grow a baby. So if you are struggling to get pregnant and you're struggling with hair loss, really important to look at your thyroid and it's super simple to test. So what you'll want to ask your doctor for in your primary care or your OB can order this for you is a full thyroid panel. Now, typically conventional medicine will either just order a hormone called TSH, which is a hormone that our brain makes to communicate with our thyroid They may also test something called free T4, which is a hormone that our thyroid makes. That's usually where conventional medicine stops. So if we're looking at a full thyroid panel, we want to get TSH and we want that TSH between one and 2.5. If it's higher than 2.5, that's an indicator that your thyroid is low functioning. I know it's kind of counterintuitive because we think more is better, But if we have a high TSH, it means our brain is needing to make more TSH in order to communicate with our thyroid. Our thyroid is slow. It is not responding. So we're having to make more TSH to get the job done. So again, TSH between one and 2.5. Now you want to look at something called a free T4. T4 is a hormone that our thyroid makes and it's inactive, meaning it has no activity in the body. And we want this to be around one. From there, we also want to test a hormone called free T3. And this is when our body takes T4 and it converts it into T3, which is going to be the active thyroid hormone. We want this to be around three. So T4 around one, T3 around three. If your T3 is lower, say it's 2.5, and that's a good indicator that your body is not able to do that conversion well, and it might need more support in order to help with that hair loss. And then we also want to look at antibodies. So something called TPO antibodies and TG antibodies. Those are going to help determine whether or not you have Hashimoto's or maybe you just have a low functioning thyroid. So again, full thyroid panel can be done on a blood test. If your doctor is not willing to order you a full thyroid panel, there is also a at-home test that you can order through Let's Get Checked, and I'll link that in the show notes as well. This is a blood spot test. So essentially you get a test kit in the mail, you do a finger prick, and then you have a drop of blood or a couple more. Usually it's like five to six drops of blood and you mail off your test kit and then they will email you your results within two days. And this is actually how I personally track my thyroid. It's just easier for me than going to a lab. I test my thyroid every three months. So it's super simple. And I've tested the lab against a blood draw lab just to see how accurate it is. And the results are pretty much identical, um, you know, day to day. To day. I, I got them both, both tests on the same day and the results were similar. Now, other signs of low thyroid function, just to kind of maybe get some wheels turning again, the body is slowing down. So when we think of slowing down, digestion is slowing down. So we can see some constipation energy is slowing down. So we'll see some fatigue ovulation is slowing down. So we're going to see some irregular periods, irregular cycles. You might see infertility. Our body temperature also drops. So we may be more sensitive to cold. We may have dry skin, brain fog, and weight gain as our metabolism slows down. 
So if you're listening to that list and you're like, check, 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 that sounds like me, definitely get your thyroid tested. And don't just assume because you had it tested two years ago that it's fine now. Our thyroid is really sensitive to stressors. It's sensitive to what we eat, to travel, to COVID. So make sure that you're not just assuming, oh, when I got it tested, you know, back in 2018, it was fine. So that can't be the problem because it is almost 2024. So it definitely could potentially be. All right. That is number one. Number two, and this is specifically for my PCOS ladies, is going to be high androgens. So when we think of androgen hormones, we think of them as male hormones like testosterone, but they're important for female health as well. And we don't want them to be too low. We don't want them to be too high. So there are four hormones primarily when we think of androgen hormones. Testosterone is one of them, and that is primarily made in the ovaries. And then there are three others, one of which being DHEAS, and those are all made in the adrenal glands or stress glands. Now, the reason why androgens contribute to hair loss is because when we have high levels of androgens, they actually can shrink our hair follicle as well as shorten the growth cycle. So it causes hair to grow out looking thinner, more brittle, and it's going to fall out faster. So when we think of androgens, we definitely want to be figuring out which one is high because again, testosterone is coming from the ovaries often related to high blood sugar, but the others are coming from our adrenal glands. So if we don't know which androgen hormone is high, we won't know, do we need to be focusing on the ovaries or do we need to be focusing on the adrenal glands? Do we need to be focusing on blood sugar or do we be focusing on stress management and getting good sleep and eating consistent meals? Now, there's a few ways to test for these androgen hormones. Now, if you are going into your primary care doctor, you can ask for testosterone DHES in a blood test. I also really love the Dutch test, which is a urine panel because it looks at all four of those androgen hormones. So it's going to give us just a, a bigger picture of our androgens. And I have seen women with PCOS who do a blood test for testosterone and DHEAS. Those levels come back normal. And then we do the Dutch test and the other androgen hormones come back through the roof high. And it's like, okay, well, you know, if we had just gone off your blood test, we wouldn't have known that we needed to address this. But luckily with the urine test, we can see why you're experiencing hair loss. So typically we'll see this with PCOS. And other signs related to high androgens can be acne, facial hair growth, and irregular cycles due to that lack of ovulation. All right, so we've got thyroid, androgens. Last on our list of kind of hormone reasons is going to be low estrogen. So we can see low estrogen prematurely in women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, or we see this with menopause. And I want to stress that because I work with women who are 24, 25, 26, and we test their estrogen and it's completely tanked out it, you know, completely bottom of the barrel and they panic thinking they're in menopause. But just because you have low estrogen does not mean that you are in menopause, even though that is the hormone change we expect to see with menopause. Low estrogen is more common in those with histories of eating disorders or even just under eating and or over exercising. So this is definitely something that I experienced with my eating disorder. I had really low estrogen levels, so low to the point where, you know, ovulation shut off. I wasn't having a period and I was having hair loss. And the reason for this is that when estrogen levels drop, 
hair is going to grow more slowly. It's going to become much more thin. And when we see lower estrogen, it can actually trigger our body to produce more androgens, which are then going to lead to more hair loss. So the best way to test estrogen levels is, in my opinion, the Dutch test, which is that urine test. We have three different types of estrogen in our body. We have something called estrone, which is known as E1. We have estradiol, known as E2. And then we have estriol, E3, all very similar names. If you go to your doctor, they are likely only going to test estradiol, which is E2. If they're testing it on a blood test, they should at least be testing it on the correct day, which for a blood test is going to be cycle day three. If they're testing it randomly, you can kind of throw that answer out or throw the result out. So really, I prefer to test estrogen either through saliva or through urine. And personally, with my clients, we use the Dutch test and it looks at all three different types of estrogen. So we can see, you know, maybe your E2 is okay. Maybe it's in the low normal range, but if your E1 and your E3 is completely low, then you're, you know, you're averaging low estrogen. Other signs of low estrogen along with hair loss can include low libido, dry vaginal tissue, wrinkles, fatigue, night sweats, irregular or really light periods. So if you're somebody who's like, I get my period, I barely bleed for two days. It's great. That could be a sign of low estrogen and infertility. And something I want to just kind of point out is, you know, we, and I've done this as well. You know, we see so much online about supplements and our health. And I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but there's a supplement that is often being, uh, recommended to women with PCOS and it's called DIM D I M. And this can be helpful for some women with PCOS, especially if they have high estrogen levels. However, I see women all the time who, you know, come to me to establish care. They've been on DIM for, you know, six, eight months, but then we get talking and, and they're telling me all these symptoms that really correlate with low estrogen levels and DIM works because it lowers estrogen levels. So if your estrogen is already too low and you're taking DIM thinking that's going to help your cycles, you're actually just making the problem worse. So DIM is one, especially, I mean, all supplements in general, I usually recommend, you know, not just putting yourself on them. There's so many different types of supplements in terms of like, you know, magnesium glycinate, magnesium citrate, which magnesium is right for you. There's different dosages, there's different companies that are more trustworthy than others, but especially DIM, if you're struggling with your cycles and fertility, don't just take DIM unless you know what your estrogen levels are. All right. So those are kind of our three primary hormonal imbalance that we look at. I can also loop cortisol into there. Cortisol is our stress hormone and we can definitely see hair loss with cortisol imbalance as well. But I would say thyroid, low estrogen and high androgens are personally what I'm seeing in my practice the most. The last two that I want to touch on are going to be related to nutrient deficiencies. And the first one is iron. So iron is a mineral that transports oxygen throughout the body and oxygen is needed for all of our cells to function. Those who have low iron levels, we typically see this in people who follow a plant-based diet. So like vegan, vegetarian diets, women who are pregnant because pregnancy is really demanding of the body when it comes to our nutrients. So sometimes it can be taking the iron from us. 
women who have really heavy periods. So if you are, you know, soaking through a tampon more than every two hours and your periods lasting seven plus days, consistently staying heavy, you know, like not trickling off to spotting towards the end, you're losing a lot of blood. And with that, you are also losing iron. So really important that you're checking your iron levels. Sometimes I'll have my clients, you know, if they, if their iron levels are okay, but they have heavy periods, I might still have them take iron just during their period to help replenish their levels, which can help with energy levels during your period as well. And then also people with any sort of digestive disorders. So like Crohn's or celiacs, IBS, anything that is causing inflammation in the gut can prevent us from absorbing iron. Iron already is a hard mineral to absorb. So if we have anything going on in our gut that could prevent that, you're going to be more at risk of having low iron levels. Now, when we don't have enough iron, our body can't produce hemoglobin in our blood. And hemoglobin is really what carries the oxygen around our body for the growth and repair of cells. And this is going to include stimulating hair growth. So that's why we start to see hair loss with low iron levels. Now, testing iron, super easy. You can do this through a blood test. One test that I'll be looking for is just called iron. And ideally we want your iron around 100. Now I also test for something called ferritin, which is our body's storage form of iron. And this is actually gonna be the first thing that starts to drop when we start to move towards iron deficiency anemia. So your iron could be holding strong at 100, but if your ferritin is at 10 or 15, that can be contributing to hair loss. And ideally your ferritin should be at least over 50 at a minimum. Your doctor might also order something called a complete blood count, a CBC. And this is essentially just looking at the shape and size of your red blood cells, which can be affected if you have low iron. Other signs of low iron along with the hair loss are things like easy bruising, bleeding gums, anxiety, and palpitations. So this is one I think that goes unnoticed oftentimes. You know, everyone I feel like has some form of anxiety at some point in their day or, or their life. That is pretty common, but, you know, we need to consider, okay, are there underlying causes behind the anxiety and low iron might be part of it. We can also see low energy and brain fog. So really important. Iron is something that I recommend getting tested at least once a year. You know, if you're super low and you're trying to supplement and bring your iron levels up, I usually repeat testing every three, four, maybe six months, depending on, you know, do you have any factors that are preventing you from absorbing iron? How low was your iron to begin with? Are we seeing improvement in your symptoms? All right. Last nutrient is going to be vitamin B12. So this is a vitamin that is found primarily in animal products. So like meat, dairy, eggs, we can also get it in some vegetables, but also with nutritional yeast. That's probably my favorite plant-based source of B12. Nutritional yeast is something that you can find in the grocery store, kind of buy like the spices and olive oil, like the cooking section, but it has a little bit of a cheesy taste to it. So I love sprinkling it on like avocado toast, eggs, vegetables, so if you're trying to get your B12 levels up, that's an easy thing to work in, but low B12 levels are most common in those who, who follow plant-based diet because they're not getting access to those animal foods. Also common in anyone who has been on the birth control pill for a prolonged period of time, because we know the pill depletes the body of certain vitamins and minerals, one of them being B12. 
And then similar to iron, if you have any sort of digestive disorder, more common that you're going to be deficient in B12 due to the inability to absorb it. Now, B12 is needed for DNA synthesis and red blood cell production, and both of these are going to play a critical role in growing new hair follicles. So so you can consider, you know, with B12 and iron, we'll often actually see these deficiencies together. So making sure you're not just testing for one, but you're testing for both. And you can test for B12 in a blood test. Ideally, we want your levels between 500 to 1,000. Now, if, you know, if your levels come back at 550 and you're still experiencing hair loss, and then you're also experiencing other signs of low B12, like fatigue, brain fog, and depression, then, you know, maybe we're going to try to get you closer to like the 750, 800 mark versus if somebody comes to me and they don't have any signs or symptoms of low B12 and their B12 comes up back at 550 and they're like, yeah, I feel great energy wise, no hair loss. Everything is great there. Then it's like, okay, their body does well at 550. Maybe your body, you know, if you're struggling with those symptoms, maybe your body does need more. So to recap those five most common reasons that I look for and that I'm seeing in my practice in terms of what is causing hair loss is low thyroid function, high androgen hormones, low estrogen, low iron, and low B12. So number one, when it comes to treating hair loss is figuring out why first, rather than just throwing, you know, expensive shampoos and scalp masks and I know I, I do love WellBell. I don't think that it should just be the only thing being used, especially if you do struggle a lot with hair loss, you still need to be addressing the root cause. But I think WellBell is really something that I use now more as like maintenance to help improve the quality of my hair long-term and allows me to just grow it longer. Like I mentioned, you know, back in 2015, 2016, I could not grow up past my shoulders. because it would just snap off, like literally snap off. Um, I also dyed my hair a lot too. So that definitely played a role with it, but hopefully that helps and gives you some things to think about and bring to your doctor and ask to be tested for, because it's so simple, right? Like if you get tested for all five of these things and four of the five things come back normal, then great. You can cross those off your list. You don't have to worry about them. And then you can really start focusing and putting your energy and time and resources into what actually is causing your hair loss. And nine times out of 10, you know, it's not just hair loss. You're probably not feeling well in some other capacity. I have very, very, very rarely have someone say to me, I feel a hundred percent phenomenal in my life. Energy is great. Sleeping well, digestion's on point cycles are normal, but my hair is falling out like crazy. Like it just doesn't happen. There's always something else related to it. So it's not just a vanity thing. It's also just feeling good, you know, in your body, good about yourself. All right. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and joining me today. As always, if you would love to leave a review or share with a friend or family member, I would love that personally. It helps other women discover the podcast and get access to this information. Have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will see you on Friday for our Friday chats episode.